Good, well, good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along on this Saturday morning. We get into the Word of God every day, talk about it, allow it to form our lives. And this morning, I'd like to share with you a really personal story from 47 years ago. I think you'll enjoy it and I'll encourage you. But first, I'd like to say that I'd like to talk about this morning standing firm, being kind, keeping your poise, and letting the light of Christ shine through you. Sometimes we wonder how all that can happen. This morning, I was looking at a Facebook post of a friend of mine, a fellow evangelist, and he asked the question Do we always need to be kind when we share the gospel? Or, excuse me, do we always need to be nice was the word when we share the gospel? And it's a good question. And I even I, as I was in, enjoying the discussion afterwards, the chatting, I even looked up the word nice and the synonyms for it, antonyms and so on. But it prompted me to think of something, and actually I was wanting to share this, uh, this story with you that I think the Lord has put in my mind. How do you do that? The other thing I want to say is being nice, being kind. What are the biggest comments I get on campus preaching? is that people, um, not to toot my horn here, but people ask me, how do you not get angry? How do you not get upset with people? How do you keep your calm? How do you keep poised? How do you not kind of blow your top at people, get angry? It's so easy to do that. When people disagree with us, when they challenge what we say, when they push back on us, it's so easy to get flustered and to be upset with them, and so on. And yet, Paul, when he's writing about the gospel, and he says in Philippians 1, that we should only conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether he comes and sees us or remains absent, he will, here we go, hear that we're striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. The scripture assumes that we will have opponents in the, in the gospel. And he says, don't be alarmed by it. It's, it's natural. We're going to have opponents. How do you not lose your cool? Well, I do believe it's the Holy Spirit. I believe it's confidence that we have the truth no matter what, no matter what others say. Really, when we get the most defensive is when we think that our opponents are making some good points, they're kind of winning, winning the argument, or they might even be exposing some areas where we are having doubts and we don't like it. And so the more confident we are in the truth, the more confident we are that what we're speaking is true, the more confident we are in the Lord, the stronger we'll be. When I was in high school... You know, people often ask me how I learned this, and, and I'd say a lot of my on-the-job training went, goes way back to high school. I came to Christ after my freshman year in high school. I met my first fellow Christians partway through my sophomore year, in the spring of my sophomore year of high school. I'd done some witnessing before that, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I, I just would tell people I'm reading the Bible now and share with them what I was reading. But then I started to learn how to share like the four laws and a gospel presentation. By my junior year, 
I was getting pretty fired up for Christ, and I met some Christians who really taught me not only how to evangelize, but how to answer the tough questions that people ask. So my senior year, what I did was I took mostly classes that would allow me opportunities to witness, literature classes where you, know, you read something and have classroom participation, you, you talk in the class, you know, what does this story mean to you, and how, what do you think the author is trying to say? And it seemed like I loved those because that was opportunity to share the gospel and to turn it to gospel themes. And that's the type of class I took. I had there's one class was kind of exciting to me because there's 90 people in it, taught by four or five different teachers, and it went right before a lunch period. The meanest teacher in school, the meanest teacher in school, he was kind of like an army drill sergeant. And he taught driver's education. He was mean because he didn't want kids killing themselves. But he was no, he flunked people. He was tough. He, everybody was scared. He was intimidating. One day he came up to me. I was sitting alone at, at lunch. I'd got my lunch. Others were getting theirs. And I was at the lunch table all by myself. And he came up and asked if he could sit down with me. I said, well, sure. You know, you don't say no to Mr. Hitzman. Sure. And as he sat down, he looked at me. And all I could say is this. He said, Tom. I don't know what you're saying in that class of yours, in that cl the class that I had just come from. But based on what the teachers say in the teacher's lounge when they come in after that class, all I can say to you is keep it up. Well, that was encouraging to me because I was a little afraid of him. Keep it up. Keep speaking the truth, which leads me to today's story of keeping your poise. It was April 21st. 1975, 47 years ago this week. It was a Monday morning, and I had an English class, and the first class in the morning, the teacher came in, Mr. Savan, and he came in, and um, he wasn't prepared. He'd kind of horsed around the weekend. He'd taken the weekend. He had been boating or something, but he'd not prepared a lesson, and it was kind of obvious, although he didn't tell us that. Instead, what he came in, did, he came in, stood up in the front, and as soon as the bell rang, he cracked two or three really blasphemous, disgusting jokes about God and about Jesus. That's right. In front of the class, he told two or three off-color, disgusting jokes, blasphemous about Jesus. And then he looked at me and he said, what do you think about that, Short? Well... How would you respond? How would you respond if, if an authority figure in a class had done something like that? I can't remember all of what I said, but I do remember I stood up for what's true. I stood my ground. I gently rebuked him for what he said, made it clear I disagreed, and shall we say I took the bait. We spent the next hour, he and I, kind of debating religion, and a few others jumped in at times, but it was pro pretty much he and I debating, does God exist, and is the Bible true, and what about the Christian religion? And it got to the end of the class, and he said, oh my goodness, class period's over short, you took the whole class period, kind of blaming me, if you will, but everybody knew he had baited me, and it was clear he didn't have a lesson plan that morning, and he was able to get through his class by discussing with me. Now, 
again, I stood my ground, been poised, didn't get angry at him, stood up for what's true, and we had this debate, me and the teacher, for this hour. The next day, April 22nd, first period of class, I wasn't in school. And the teacher came in, Mr. Savon came in, and he kind of arrogantly said to the class, we're short today. I guess he can't take it. I guess he doesn't know how to, how when someone pushes back on what he believes, how he can't take, he, he's not able to take it, and kind of arrogantly said that. And one of the girls in the class, Beth, raised her hand, and she said, well, actually, uh, he's not here today because his father died last night. At that, the teacher, Mr. Savon, broke down in tears, ran out of the classroom, literally ran out of the classroom. He ordered flowers and had them sent to our house. He sent me a note of apology. And for the rest of the semester, not every day, but it was not uncommon for him to come find me. He had a free period when I had my study hall. It was not uncommon for him to come invite me into the teacher's lounge to talk with him about my faith in God. Now, it's really interesting to me. God knows what's going on. We often don't. I had no idea that he would, that down deep, I, I, I knew he wasn't, you know, he wasn't bullying me. He knew I had, he knew I was strong enough to handle what he was saying. He didn't, had he done that to maybe a, a very insecure person, what, that would not have been appropriate for a teacher. It wasn't appropriate what he did anyway, but he knew I could handle it. He knew we'd have a good discussion. But little did I know that what was happening right then would have such a profound effect upon him. I don't know if he ever came to Christ or not, but I know that from then on, his whole attitude towards me was teachable and listening and wanting to understand. God used a circumstance the day after he had really pushed me to bring him, to, to humble him. My friends, I guess one thing I'm trying to say is our God is always at work. Never doubt it. Never fear that, that our opponents are getting the upper hand. Never fear that, that somehow... I mean, sometimes it may seem that way, but never fear that if you are faithful to God, if you're standing firm, if you're, if you're loving people, being kind, being gracious, but standing firm, keeping your poise, not getting angry because we have nothing to defend. We know what we believe. We're solid with Christ. We're just there to serve and help them. We're not trying to build a majority. The results aren't up to us. God calls us to love people, pray for people, speak the truth with people, but the results are up to God. They're not in our court. How a person responds, that's between them and God. That's not between you and them. You do your best, but God is the one who gives life. God is the one who brings a person to faith and repentance. God is the one at work. And so when we trust him for that, when we do our part, we can rest. And like it says here in Philippians, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. Folks, sometimes people try and get under our skin. 
sometimes they try and make us act unchristian. Because if they can get us to do that, it just in their mind, it helps them think, see, they're right and we're wrong. Don't let them get under your skin. In no way alarmed by your opponents. Keep your poise. Keep your confidence. Because you know what? The results are up to God. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes the reason we get upset is because we love them. We want so badly for them to know what's true, especially this, especially the case of the you know family member or something. We want them to see what we see, and to, and to have what we have. And sometimes we can get upset if they're rejecting the truth. Can I encourage you? Be careful. Leave it in God's hands. This is where it's it's so difficult at times. God calls us again to love people, to pray for people, to speak the truth to people to serve people, to care about people. The response, that's between them and God. It's not in your hands. That's between them and God. Leave it there. God knows how to do his job. Father in heaven, we thank you today that you are always at work. And we thank you today that you are at work in the ones we love and care about. You're bringing circumstances into their life to bring them to salvation, to bring them to a place of faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you. We can trust you for this. Father, I pray that you would help us as believers to shine the light of Christ wherever we go all the time to keep our poise because we know down deep in our soul that we're standing in the truth and we're right with you to keep our poise, to be gracious, to speak the truth in love, to stand firm in the truth, but not to be Uh, rude and crude about it. Help us, Father, to uh, exhibit this Christian grace, truth and love in all that we do. And I thank you, Father, that when we do this, this is just a sign of, of our salvation, and it's a conviction to them of their destruction. Help us, Father, to, to remember so often people will think of our actions as much or more than our words. Sometimes we just won't be able to win them with our words. Sometimes we just need to leave them in your hands. So we pray for that. We pray today for our loved ones that aren't following you. And we pray today that you would bring circumstances to bear in their life, to bring them to salvation, to open up their, their hearts to you, their minds to you, their eyes to see and their ears to hear you'd soften hard hearts. You'd, you'd, you'd work through whatever strongholds bind, bind our children or grandchildren, whatever strongholds are, uh, if there's any bitterness or anger or resentment or f- sense of failure or, uh, or, or unworthiness, what, whatever it is that's, that's blocking the way, or if they're held captive by any sins of immorality or, or addictions of any sort, Lord, free them, break their chains. Father, on our part, help us to know when to say and what to say. Help us, Lord, to be people of of love and service and faith, but to leave results in your hands. I pray, Father, make us strong, steadfast, immovable, firm, but gracious, kind, loving, as we speak the truth to them. We We pray for our friends. We pray for our children and grandchildren. We pray for family members, spouses, brothers, sisters. We leave these things in your hands. 
We do our part and we trust you with the rest. We bless you today and we love you in Jesus' name. We bless you. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Again, my name is Tom Short. I'm so glad you are along with us today. We're coming here every day, get in the word of God, talk and pray about it, allow it to to touch our hearts. It's important that we are daily in the word. We feed our bodies every day. Let's feed our souls every day. I encourage you, make a commitment to be here with me every day for the next several weeks, several months. You'll see your life change. I trust me. Trust God. So hit the subscribe, notify, tell your friends. Be here every morning, 8:30 a.m., or you can listen later in the day or watch the pod or listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. To those of you who are here every day, I love you. God bless you. And until we meet tomorrow, might God's face shine upon you. Might God's spirit fill you. Might Christ go before you, behind you, above you, and in you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.